to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Feed You podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm Elisa Connor. I'm your host, and I am so grateful you are here. I know you have learning choices, and I appreciate you turning tuning in either for the first time or every week. And the topic for today that we're going to talk about a little bit is um, one that I get asked about a lot, and it frankly, it honestly is about this podcast. I get asked all the time. I get messages. It's kind of interesting. I get messages. I get on Facebook. I get messages in my email. I get phone calls. People are like, "Ah, oh, what do you? How do you do your podcast? What are you doing with your podcast?" Um, and so I decided to create an uh, an episode around you know why I created the podcast, um, the equipment I use, um, some questions for you about if you're considering a podcast, all of that sort of stuff. And so this is. Truly, um, it's it's the podcast breakdown. Like, what do you need to know about creating a podcast, starting a podcast, and getting it um, running, rolling, and working for your business? So before we hop in to all of that, I want to ask you some pretty... This is probably the most important question that you can ask yourself if you are considering a podcast or any type of content. Um and if you've been around the podcast for a long time, you know that I am um, a giant proponent of creating some sort of content on a regular basis. In my business, that's weekly. I highly recommend in your business that it be weekly because if it's much time in between that, especially if you're trying to get some traction around what you're doing online, you're going to have a really hard time gaining traction because there's a lot of competition out there. And um you've got to somehow stand out. And sometimes um, that sometimes that is showing up every week, but more importantly, it's showing up with something that no one else is doing or that no one else is doing the way you're doing it um, for your ideal client. So that being said, this is, this is my content creator. And um, the sweet spot is between something you enjoy and something that um, your audience will also get information and education and um, will want to listen to because it's improving their life, their business, both, all of those different things. So kind of figure out where in um, the scheme of things your because if you don't like talking to a screen and creating and, you know, recording a podcast or interviewing people for a podcast, probably not a good fit for you maybe blogging, maybe, um, you know, creating slideshows that are, you can turn into a video. Maybe it's, um, I I would say probably not YouTube either because that's also recording and being in front of people. Some of that, um, honestly, if it's just like, you're afraid to put yourself out there, you need to get over yourself because it's never really about you. Uh, That's just a little bit of tough love for you. Um, but you, you've got to get out there in front of your people. Otherwise you will never be able to promote your business. So Getting started with a podcast, um, the most important question that you can ask before you start a podcast is, is your audience even going to listen to it? Because if you're creating a podcast and you're pouring your heart and soul into 
um, content every week and coming up with ideas and recording and editing and all the different things that we're going to talk about today, and you don't have anybody listening, that is very, very frustrating. Um, and it can be a long haul. And um, I think I have a lot of people, I'm, this is totally a guesstimate. I'm not, um, I haven't actually surveyed people to ask them this question, but you know, there's a lot of push right now for people to create podcasts because they see success with other people that have created podcasts and they want some of that for their own business, which is great. However, that also means there's a lot of competition out there. So if you're doing something that everybody else is doing and you're just throwing it up in a podcast and willy nilly and you don't put some thought and strategy behind it and how it's going to lead to your sales funnel, then it won't work. Um, and so the most important question leading up to all of this is the most important question you need to ask yourself is, is your audience going to listen to a podcast if you create it? Now, some examples of, and I'm not saying that this would go for every audience out there, but that's, that's another key question you need to ask yourself is who is your audience very specifically. And you're not going to know the answer to whether or not they're going to listen to your podcast if you don't know who they are. Um, one of the most frustrating things that I found when I, when I was doing a lot of branding sessions with people is they're like, oh, I want to serve everybody between, and I still, I still hear it between 20 and 50, um, who likes to, who has skin. And I'm like, that's great. Good luck with that (laughs) because that's everybody on the planet and you will no more stand out from everybody else in the world, uh, with that statement than if you were to go open a hamburger shop and just call it, hey, hamburger, Um, because you're competing with McDonald's, you're competing with all these other brands out there that have already established themselves as leaders in the industry, and you're just showing up saying, hey, I have a hamburger, and there's no differentiation there. And I see this a lot in food businesses. Um, They'll just, you know, they, for example, they love to make cupcakes. So they're like, I'm going to have a cupcake shop, but they don't really differentiate themselves in, um, you know, who they make cupcakes for. Whereas if they, if that cupcake shop was dedicated to bridal, um, not, what are they called? Um, you know, bridal showers, like when, before the bride, before you get married and that was their targeted audience, then they would know exactly where to show up and what, you know, they could do some research on who that audience is. And so my caution to you in jumping on the podcast bandwagon is to really ask yourself, how are you going to move your audience further along the sales funnel to get them to eventually purchase from you um, with your podcast? Because if they're not listening, there's the end of your sales funnel. They're not going to move forward because they're not listening. They're not even in the funnel. Um, So I want you to think about what that looks like. And if you have a very visual product, so for example, um, if you are an artist or a photographer and you have a very visual product. I don't know specifically how a podcast and it, not saying that it can't be done, but I don't know how many artists are going to listen to you talk about painting techniques or um, something in the art world. Now, if you were marketing to artists to help them market, to get their um, work out there, like I have a friend that's very much her niche niche. That's what she, um, who she focuses on is, artists who want to sell more of their work, um, then yes, a podcast may be a good fit if her audience listens to podcasts. If they watch YouTube videos, then she needs to be on YouTube. If they're on Instagram, um, a lot of food people are on Instagram. 
um, and YouTube, those are the places that are going to be a better fit for you. It's really hard to explain to someone via podcast without visuals how to cook a turkey. So just think about how that uh, fits into your business model and evaluate whether or not that's going to be a good fit for your for your audience and for you. Because as I said, when I create these podcasts, it's about a four hour per episode investment of time. Um, yes, you can, yes, you can, and you absolutely should outsource pieces of this. And I'm getting to the point where I can do that. Um, but this was really an experiment for me in, you know, how do I want to create content? So all of the things that I tell you guys about, I have gone through as well. And do I think it's the best um, fit for my business? I get a lot of positive feedback, but I don't know. Um, at this point, I don't know if it's um, the best way for me to teach some of the things I teach. I get a better response when it comes to video. So we'll see what happens. 2020 is a new year and things may be changing for me a little bit as well. Um, so that being said, um, the other type of business that kind of comes to mind that may want to um, consider a podcast or not is, so the other thing about podcasts that I'm just going to mention is that it's a very intimate experience. You are between somebody's ears, literally. You're in their ears and talking to them. Um, and so it becomes a very intimate experience between you and them. And so sometimes if you're in the coaching or um, self-help world, a podcast can be great because you are literally able to talk to that person one-on-one, -on -one, even though it's you talking one-to-many. So that's an example of an industry that would really be a great fit for a podcast and um, would be a good opportunity for you to investigate a little bit further whether or not that's a good fit for your audience. So let's get started on equipment because you may have tuned in and you're like, yes, I've already decided, Elisa, you spent a lot of time talking about whether or not I want a podcast. Um, but I think it's important for you before you're going to invest time, energy, and funds to create your podcast because it does cost money and time um, to be sure that that's the right fit for you and your audience. So uh, the, the one thing that I get asked about all the time is which microphone to use. And I have, this is my second microphone. I have an ATR 2500 and I will link to all of this equipment in the show notes so you have it. Um, so don't freak out if you, if you miss, um, some of the exact, uh, words or names or whatever of what I'm talking about, cause it'll all be in the show notes. You can get that at elisaconnor.com forward, forward slash 65. And, um, so the microphone I have now is the AT ATR 2500 and I really like it. It has a, um, oh, I don't, it has like a boom on it. I guess it's a boom. I don't know. It's just handle that clips to the desk. I'm, I'm so terrible with technical words, <laughs> it's, uh, but it clips to the desk and you can move it uh, forward and backward and up and down and all that kind of stuff. And the reason that I switched from my other mic, which I also really liked, which is also on my list, which is called the Blue Snowball. And I'll give you some pricing ranges in a minute when after I get done talking about this, but um, is that I don't have a very big desk. My office is not huge. I don't have a huge office space. And so I wanted something that when I wasn't recording, I could easily just move to the side and not have it take up a lot of space on my desk. So the um, arm for my microphone is 
probably two inches. I mean, it's just not very big. And so I really only have like this two inch space that is taken up by my microphone arm. And then the microphone, I can actually just move completely out of the way. I can swing it over to the side and it's out of the way. So the problem that I had with my other microphone, which was the Blue Snowball, um, had nothing to do with sound quality. It did a great job, but it was taking, it was a big microphone that took up a lot of space on my desk. And it was constantly in the way. I was constantly trying to move it. And it just was not one of those things that really um, worked for me on my desk. But that doesn't mean it's a bad microphone. So let's talk a little bit about price between those two. Um, the ATR2500, when I looked it up this morning on Amazon, runs for about $80. But you also will need an arm and possibly a filter, depending on where you record. Now I record, I have, um, I'm really lucky because of the acoustics of where I record. Um, I have vaulted ceilings in my office, so it makes it really nice. I think that's why I have a good sound, but you may not have that and you may have some background noise that you need to filter out. And if that's the case, you'll need to get a pop filter. But for all three of those, when I added it together with my little friend over at Amazon, it was $103. So about a hundred buck, hundred bucks to invest in that microphone. The blue, the blue snowball is about half that. So somewhere between 40 and $50. Um, it does sit on your desk. It has good sound. Um, and both of these plug directly into your computer via USB. So if you're wondering, okay, how do I connect it? You just plug it into the back into one of your USB ports, whether you have a laptop or a desktop or whatever you're going to record on. Um, and that's how that works. So the other, um, microphone that I looked at, and it's also a really good microphone, is the Blue Yeti. I don't have it, I haven't used it, but I know a lot of people that have that and really like it. Um, and it's of the same quality as the ATR2500. So um, the Blue Yeti might be another option for you, and it's also around $100. Um, I don't believe it comes with an arm, so you would have to purchase that separately, but it's probably no more than you know $20, $25 to add that in there. And then also, those other options, the Blue Yeti and the Snowball, will probably also need a filter of some sort to filter out, you know, different noises and depending on how elaborate you want to get with your podcast. I I just would rather get it out there and get you the information. I'm not that particular about having everything perfect. If I uh, hire a podcast manager, that may change, but currently that's where I'm at. So the other microphone recommendation that I have is that if you're going to do interviews and that's a choice you have to make, are you going to do, you know, just you sharing information? Are you going to do an interview style podcast? Are you going to do a mixture? Um, but if you're going to do interviews, you really need to have your interviewee get a microphone, whether you provide that for them, maybe you UPS it to them, whatever you want to do or you have recommendations for them to get before they record. Um, the problem with not, with them not having an external microphone is that the sound quality for the recording, no matter what equipment you use, um, is really poor. You will have, you will be fighting it the entire time. Um, and so I always recommend when I am interviewing people, it's, it's not really a recommendation. It's almost a requirement that they have to have some sort of external mic. Worst case scenario, they can use the mic that comes with their phone that is connected to their, um, you know, the headphones, like your Apple 
uh, earbuds that have the microphone on them. So you could use that. It works okay. But there are also some really reasonable guest mics out there that I'll link to in, link to in the show notes. They're about 15, between 15 and $25. So depending on how many guests you have or, you know, how you want to handle that, you can give them these same recommendations. But the companies that I found were, um, I'm going to say it's Vocheck, it's V-O-G-E-K, Logitech, the Mpow, and the Runmus. Uh, so a lot of the ones that gamers use for, I have kids that are do video games. So any of the um, gaming system headphones that have an external microphone with headphones will work great. And they all plug into your device. I believe it's USB, but sometimes they have like the little headphone jack too. So um those are my recommendations for microphones is to go ahead and get not only one for you to, you know, record, but also one for uh, either to recommend or to provide for guest interviews. Now, how do you record? Well, I personally use a recording software called ScreenFlow. It was some, it was a recommendation from somebody else. I really like it, um, but I have delayed in updating it because I have been told that the update for ScreenFlow breaks your Mac. So I may be investigating a new option, but I really like ScreenFlow mostly because I'm lazy and I already know how to edit into it. And I don't want to go and relearn editing. (laughs) I just want to give it to someone else. So um, when I hire a podcast manager, I will probably just say, hey, what should I record this in? And then get that. But um, ScreenFlow is paid. It's not very expensive. I don't have it off the top of my head. I think it's probably like $100, $125 to invest in. Um, and then if you need to upgrade, because they do do updates, it's they give you a price break on it. I can't remember what it is, but it works really well. The things I like about ScreenFlow is that you can record audio. You can record audio and video. You can record your desktop and video. Um, so you can be on your desktop if you're wanting to do a video. It has a lot of like really cool transitiony things that you can do. Um, lots of editing options. So when we get to editing in a minute, you can make a decision on whether that would work for you or not. Um, another option that is free, there's two options that are free. One is only if you have a Mac. Um, and that is GarageBand, which comes with your Mac. You can easily record and create your podcast in there. And then the other one that's free that you can go download, it's either for Mac or for PC, um, is Audacity. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. It's great recording. It's free. You can use that. Um, And then the final recommendation I have is Adobe Audition, which is not free. You'd have to subscribe to Adobe. Um, I recommend the cloud I'm trying to think what they call it, the cloud membership. Uh, I think it's about $60 a month and you get access to all of their products. So Photoshop, InDesign, Audition, all of those different things. Um, For that amount, I think you can get one if you don't want any of the other ones and it's a little cheaper, but I don't know the pricing off that off the top of my head. So I'll just link to it and you can go check it out. But it is also um, an option that's going to have a larger learning curve, just like ScreenFlow. I think GarageBand and Audacity are probably the easiest to use. Um, so I would recommend as you're starting out that you choose one of those. And if you're familiar with Mac, GarageBand is super easy. It's already there. You don't have to do anything extra. Just go use it. Um, <clears throat> and then the other piece of software that uh, I, t- I use on a regular basis for re- for creating my podcast is Zoom. 
And you can use either Skype or Zoom, and I use those specifically for interviews, but I want to forewarn you, uh, lesson learned, this is a lesson learned. Um, if you're going to do an interview that I recommend that you not only record it in Zoom, but you also record it with your recording software from your desktop. So um, if you're gonna use something like ScreenFlow, make sure you're recording on ScreenFlow and in Zoom, just in case there's a tech error or you need to pull apart the audio and video tracks because Zoom only records on, um, they have two single tracks, but sometimes it's harder to edit. So uh, I always think it's a good idea to have a backup. You don't want it to be screwed up. And there's been times that I've started an interview and realized that I hadn't hit record and there's my Christmas clock. So we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> I have a clock that dings on the hour. Um, but you wanna make sure that you have a backup of all of those different um, interviews as much as possible so that you're making it convenient for your guest. You don't wanna have to go back and go, oh, hey, we have to re-record this because trust me, I've done it and you look like a ding dong. And you don't wanna do that because you're using their time and you wanna be cognizant of their time and of um, their commitment to work with you. So, and to be on your, cause it really is, um, especially when you're starting, it's it's like they're doing you a pretty big favor by being on your podcast. So as you start to grow and get to be more well-known in the arena, it's less of that. But um, I've also, so another tidbit that I would throw in there is make sure that you have people, there will, there will be people that come out of the woodwork who want to be on your podcast that are not necessarily a good fit for your audience which is really why it's a good starting place to figure out who your audience is and what they want, because then it becomes very easy for you to have an answer to those people um, when they come and they're, you know, they're wanting to be on your podcast just to promote themselves. And so if you have, you know, kind of figured that out and figured out what will and won't work for your audience, you have an easier response and an easier way to let those people down without, um, you know, just saying no. So um, <clears throat> that is the software breakdown and a little bit extra, <laughs> a little bit more in uh, tidbit. So um, next we're gonna pop into using, you know, music and then creating your intros and outros. But before we get to that, let's take a minute and hear from our sponsor. Hey there, Elisa here. I wanted to thank you for a minute for tuning in every week and I'm hoping that you're listening and learning and getting everything you can out of this podcast. But I'm wondering, do you listen every week and you learn something new and then you just go on about your day and never implement or execute? If you do, if that's you, you're not alone. You're like most typical business owners. You don't have time to figure out this marketing stuff on your own, which is why I'm creating the Simple Marketing System Program to walk you through everything we talk about in this podcast and hold your hand as you go along. People pay thousands of dollars to work with me on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but I wanted to be able to offer this to everyone at a price that is amenable to everyone's budget. Since you're a podcast listener, you're getting to hear about this program first. I'm launching it in January, and I'm gonna teach you all the things that we learned in this podcast, including how to attract the people you want to work with, not just everyone how to create your first free download with messaging that converts people into your email list and then into customers. We're going to create we're going to learn how to write headlines that incite people to create to take action and move those people 
along your sales funnel so that they start working with you and paying you for what you do. We're gonna create a system to track what's working and what's not so you can fix what's not working. We're gonna automate your marketing process and your customer attraction process so that you can save time, money, and most of all, frustration. We're also gonna understand the power of and the ROI of email marketing, and we're gonna begin growing your email list because it is the best way to grow your business. And last but not least, we're going to I'm gonna show you how to get more customers for your marketing dollars and save you time, money, and get you more leads and more sales. If this sounds interesting to you, I'd love to have you join my waitlist. You can do that over at alisaconnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. SMS stands for Simple Marketing System. And I'll put the link in the show notes. I hope to see you inside. So the next part of uh, a podcast is really the intro. And you'll notice if you've listened to this podcast for a while that I have a pre-recorded intro and outro. And this is really a decision that you have to make on your own, whether you want to do that. I've seen it done where people don't have an intro at all. They just kind of introduce themselves. Um, they have a pre-recorded intro like I have, and then they have an intro that changes. And this is all going to be dependent upon your personal preference, as well as um the intention of where you want your people to go in the sales funnel. So a lot of times you'll see um, sponsors that come into the podcast and you'll have people that um, will sponsor part of the podcast and then they do a promotion within. I do, I sponsor my own podcast. So um, that's why you hear a break from me on what is up and coming in uh, my business that could be a benefit to you. And so if you're wanting to create a podcast, you're going to want to look first, make the decision. Are you going to um, have an intro and outro? It's kind of nice if you do it, make sure podcasts appear branded and people get used to hearing that. And then they associate it with your podcast and um, it it um, activates that um memory in their brain for uh, what's up and coming and gets them ready to learn or um, you know, whatever you're, you're trying to share with them. So they're ready for it. Um, and that's kind of subconsciously because they hear that same intro and outro. So if you do want to create an intro and outro, again, you have the flexibility to do that yourself. If you want to dive into um, the editing, which we're going to get to next, and learn to do that. Or if you want to outsource that editing, you could also do it that way. But there are some quick fixes to get you up and going. And you can actually just outsource getting an intro and an outro that you use for every episode for however long you want. Um, And I have two resources for you for that. But you want to make sure that when you're choosing your music, that it's something that's going to resonate with your audience. And then also something that um, isn't going to overpower whatever you have recorded. Um, so I used, uh, music radio creative for my intros and outros, and I really like them they're very inexpensive. Um, and it's somewhat customized for what you want. And so that makes it really nice. And then, you know, you may want to have a video or audio editor, um, create one for you later. If you, when you want to make that investment, it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive because you're doing a custom job, but, um, to get started, you can use Music Radio Creative. And then the other resource that I have for you is Audio Jungle. And they also do it. I didn't use them. I think the reason I didn't use them when I was doing the research is I just didn't happen to like the voices because you can go in and listen to the voices of the people that would do the recording for you. And they are all professional. um, 
I want to say professional voice actors. I think that would be the right terminology um, that go ahead and take care of that for you. So that is really the, uh, the secret, if there is such a thing, um, behind uh, the intros and outros. It's really not a secret. It's just um, having the right resources. So if you did want to create your own and you just wanted to have some background music, I wanted to give you some resources for finding that background music. Because just like photography, um, and video and all of those other things. Um, music is also under copyright. And so you want to make sure that if you're using copyrighted music that you have paid for that copyright or you have the rights to use it. And so you'll want to be looking for free use resources of royalty free use. Um, and so I have a few resources for you. Let's see, one, two, three, four, um, of places that you can get royalty free music, not only for audio, but for video. So if you want to add those to your intro or outro, um, the first is the free music archive. And I will link to all of these in the show notes. So you have them, but just, just want to give you a heads up of what they are. Um, and then the next one is, um, free music soundtrack. And a lot of times you'll just want like a sound, like if you're going to bleep something out because somebody cussed or, um, you just want to add a funny little sound effect, especially in video, they, they have a lot more sound effects. So that's another one. Um, the free sound project is the third one. And then the last one is the YouTube audio library. And those are all uh, royalty free use, uh, music. And then you can also pay for music on, um, subscription services like Adobe. I know Adobe has music. Um, I think Shutterstock is another one. There's, there's quite a few out there that have audio. So if you search royalty free music, you should be, you should have a plethora of different resources that you can um, plug into for that music. So let's get to editing. Cause that isn't, that's a big component, um, of, your podcast is you have to edit it. You're never going to have it perfect. And you have to plug in the intros and outros and your commercials and all those different things. And that, that takes some time and it takes frankly some skill. So if you don't have that and you're a little bit, um, tech hesitant, I would highly recommend outsourcing that and finding somebody to do your, um, podcast editing and your podcast management. Cause that's all like a component of that. Um, but if you do want to do it yourself, the, um, resources that I mentioned earlier, a couple of those are enable you to do editing. Um, for sure in GarageBand, you can do some, some editing and they have actually pretty robust editing in that free software, probably not as robust as ScreenFlow, but there's a lot in there that you can do and you could go watch some YouTube videos or I'm sure there's a course on GarageBand. I can't imagine there's not, but if you wanted to just, um, figure that out on your own, you could do that. Um, also Adobe Audition and Audacity both have, um, editing capabilities as well as ScreenFlow, which is why I use it. So it's just a matter of if I had one piece of advice in this area is pick one platform to do your recording and editing on and just stick with it. Because if you try to hop around between different platforms, um, they're similar, but it, you'll just get frustrated because you're, you're going to be looking for something in a place that it's not there. And trust me, I've done it. I try to go back and forth between GarageBand and F ScreenFlow. And just for me, I liked ScreenFlow better. And so um, choose a platform, stick with it, learn the learn it the best you can and move on. But that's what how you would need to do your editing. You can choose how much or how little editing you want to do. Um, but those are some free, those are some tools. And all of those are free except for Audacity and ScreenFlow as far as I know. Um, I'm sorry, 
Audition. Audacity is free. Adobe Audition is not free. So Adobe Audition and ScreenFlow are not free. A GarageBand is free if you have a Mac. So um, you can do editing and all of those. So the next component that comes up for your podcast is you got to store it somewhere. You have to host it. And it's, yes, you can host it on your website. It will totally slow your website down if you do, um, because audio and video files, as you may know, take up a lot of space. So I do not recommend hosting it on your website unless you want to pay for super um, high-end hosting, probably your own server. Um, And there's a cheaper, more economical way to host your podcast. And that's with podcast hosts. So the top... um, podcast host brands out there. Um, There's, let's see, one, two, three, four of them, five of them that I would recommend. I use Podbean. It's like P-O-D-B and then Bean. And um, I'll link to these in the show notes too. But I really like them. They're easy to use. You can go in, you can create your show notes, you can share it to social media. Um, Automatically, you can um, schedule it out. So if you want to bulk upload and just get things done. And you can actually schedule it to go out date and time um, that you want it to be released. So it's the same every week. Um, And then it connects to all of the major podcast um, subscription services. I don't know what you would call them. But um, so like iTunes and Google Play and um, Spotify and iHeartRadio, all those things, it connects to all of those things. So um, you can, you, know, you publish it and then it goes out to all of those different platforms. But uh, the others that I would recommend that I have checked into and just didn't use for one reason or another, but they are very popular and also great podcast host um, platforms are Lisbon, which, and I will, again, I'll link to these in the show notes and um, Blue, Blueberry, Lisbon and um, SoundCloud Cloud are really the ones that you hear a lot. The price is going to be a differentiator. I think Podbean was a little bit more reasonable um, to host. And so that's why I started with them. I know a lot of people go to Lisbon. I Again, pick one that you like. Pick one. You, and most of them, you can at least get in and check it out um, and see if you're going to like the the way that the it's set up and the way you upload and all those different things. And if you hire a podcast manager, I would just ask them which one they prefer and go with that one and make sure that they at least give you the rundown of how it works. So that you if you have an emergency, you can get in there if you've if you know, if they up and quit, you you know, what to do in the interim as you hire somebody else. And then the last one that I would recommend is Simplecast. So again, um, Podbean is what I use Lisbon, Blueberry, uh, SoundCloud and Simplecast are the ones that I would recommend for podcast hosting. So let's see. Oh, um, as we're moving on, we I want to talk for a couple of minutes about transcripts. And um, there's really some good SEO benefits to doing transcripts. Right now, I'm going to confess I am not doing I'm not doing justice to transcripts because, um, frankly, I just need to hire somebody to help me with that process. And that's that's coming early January um, of 2020 as this goes, you know into the new year. Um, but your transcript scripts, if they're done correctly, can add a lot of search um, benefit to your podcast so that people can find what you're talking about. And um, so I'm going to give you a couple of tools here uh, in just a couple of minutes for creating those transcripts and 
adding them to your show notes. Now I would going forward, how I'm going to do this is actually create a separate page on my website for the show notes, um, instead of having them hosted offsite somewhere else, because right now it's a PDF and I'm going to create, I'm actually going to go in and create it as a page so that that's one more page that gets ranked and searched by Google on my website. Um, so I currently use a company called Temi, it's T-E-M-I, and um, they do transcription of all of my podcasts so that I have the show notes. And then I have to go in and edit them because there's, you know, there's only so much transcription they can do that's going to be accurate, but you can listen to it um, and then edit it as you go. And then you can download it into like a gajillion formats, including PDF, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know all the formats. I don't have them in front of me, but I know they have PDF. I know they have Word and you can export it in any number of things. So you can decide what you want to do with that and move forward. Um, and then the other one that I hear a lot from um, that people use is Rev, R-E-V-V. And they use that to do transcription as well. I don't, I haven't used Rev. Temi is very reasonably priced. I think it's 10 cents a word or maybe, I don't know, it's super cheap, um, which is why I started to go with them to begin with, because I just knew I wanted to offer the show notes for people that didn't have time to listen to the whole episode or that wanted to look through and find something. Um, but I also didn't want to spend a bunch of time investing in those show notes or money because I didn't know how I was going to utilize them going forward. So Temi's a good option for getting started and Rev would be kind of the upgrade version of that. And then um, those are in addition to show notes. So the benefit of show notes, um, they're almost as important, if not more important than your podcast, because you will have people who may want to check out your podcast, but can't, you know, listen to it at work or can't, they don't have time to listen to it, but they want to go in and skim what the episode is about. And the benefit of that is that Google can also search those show notes for specific keyword terms. So you want to make sure that you're creating show notes to go with your episodes, even though it's a little bit more work, um, because it is consistently adding content to your website in addition to the podcast. So um, when you're creating those show notes, you're driving traffic to the podcast, but you're also driving traffic to your website. And you always want to send people to your website first. And then if you, like I have a podcast player that plays the episode right on my website, it doesn't open a new window. Sometimes that won't work depending on your website or how it's set up. But um, when they go to the website, they can listen to it right there. A lot of times from social media, you can only have one link. And so you want to be linking to your page. Well, if they just go there and they only see the podcast and they can't see what's in the podcast, they more than likely will just click away and not go check it out. So um, having the show notes, good for search, good for your consumer because they can go in and find what they were looking for. And also great to call them to action to whatever you want them to do next. And um so highly recommend show notes. And one of the cool new tools that I've learned about, and um, I hope to be integrating really quickly into my podcast is a tool called Searchio. And it was created by Stu McLaren. I don't know if you're familiar with Stu McLaren, but he is what I would refer to as the membership guru. Um, he does a lot of um, courses and <clears throat> teachings on how to create memberships. But he also has this product called Searchio. And what's cool about it is that if you have a video or 
a podcast, you can actually use the tool to search um, the podcast, or you can search the podcast or the video for um, whatever you might be looking for. So like in this one, if we're talking about podcast tools, you could actually plug into search Searchio podcast tools, and it would search the whole episode and bring you right to where I'm talking about podcast tools. Um, so that's really cool. If you want to add it in there again, it's another investment, but it's one of those up levels. When you get there, you can go ahead and add that in. And so um, the I have two more little categories I want to get through for you guys when it comes to podcasts. Um, there are a, probably a gajillion, I don't know, maybe a gajillion, but there's a ton of places that people can listen to podcasts. And there are some pretty um, common denominators. And you want to make sure that you register your podcast with all of those. Of course, iTunes and Google Play are the big ones. Those are um, apps that you can get on your phone. All of these are apps you can get on your phone so you can listen to podcasts. Um, Stitcher is another one. Spotify is also coming up really um, close behind both iTunes and Google Play. A lot of people listen to Spotify. Um, also, iHeartRadio. And the last one is to have an RSS feed where it just automatically feeds out to um, their subscription. So find out where your listeners are. Make sure you're in those places um, and make sure that you're following the rules for those different platforms when it comes to adding titles and metadata and all that stuff to your podcast episodes because you don't want to get banned by them because you did something that you didn't um, know was prohibited. And um, I'm not, I don't have enough time to go into all of that today in this episode, but you just want to make sure that you're following the rules for each of those platforms and that your audience is actually on those platforms because there's no point in registering it at just some random platform if nobody listens to it there. Um, so check out where to get listened to. And then the other thing about podcasts that... Um, people are like, oh, I'm going to put a podcast out there and then they never promote it. So you, there are some definite things you want to do when you're creating your podcast and um, bulk recording is highly recommended. Um, I typically will plan out six to 12 episodes and then plan to record. I can really only record three a day. Um, and then I start losing my voice. <laughs> I would love to be able to record more, but um, depending on the day and depending on how, uh, the humidity is in Colorado, because if it's not very humid, it makes it harder for my voice to keep going. Um, will depend on how many I can record, but I highly recommend bulking it. So even if you just take two days to do it and kind of rest in between, but you want a stockpile before you go live, um, because it's going to help you stay consistent and kind of get ahead of the curve. But also it gives people um, the ability to subscribe to your podcast right away. If you only have one episode, there's nothing for them to subscribe to and you have already lost them. So you want to stay um, up in that. Um, I know in iTunes, it's like the newly released episodes um, for people that have subscribed and you want to stay in front of them. And that's part of your marketing. So you not only want to do that, but you also want to continually promote your podcast everywhere you are. If that's going to be your content creator, you want to make sure that you're, you're promoting it anywhere that you're promoting um, your your business. Um, so I told you about Searchio. The only other um, kind of schmancy tool that I have used in the past is Smart Podcast Player by Pat Flynn. And he's a, he's kind of a rock star. I think he's awesome. Um, and he is a four 
what am I trying to say? He's kind of not a pilgrim, but that's kind of reminds me of he's like one of the four forward thinkers in the podcast movement. He was one of the first people to start a podcast way, way back. I started listening to him probably. I bet it's been seven or eight years ago. It's been a long time ago. Um, And he has a plugin that will enable you to do all kinds of fancy stuff on your website with your podcast. And so that would be the other tool in addition to Searchio that I would recommend. So hopefully you have everything you've ever wanted to know about what equipment you need to get your podcast started. And if that's really something you want to get moving and get going on, Um, Again, a reminder, make sure that your audience listens to podcasts and that you're always giving value in that podcast. You don't want to get on and be like a used car salesman um, or just regurgitate what somebody else is doing or saying. You want to put your own unique spin on it. So that's what I've got for you this week. And um, gosh, the holidays are coming up quickly upon us. So thanks for tuning in this week and I will see you next week. In the meantime, have a great day, have a great week and take care. Just a quick reminder that the SMS waitlist is now open. If you're interested in joining that course where I walk you through every step of your marketing so you can attract more clients and convert them into customers, go check it out. AlisaConnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. See you soon.